911 emergency. What do you think? What's your emergency? Once again, to We Speak Dispatch, we're so excited that you're here. We have got Doug and John and Glenna taking part in today's conversation. And as per usual, they have no idea what I'm about to ask them. So it makes it exciting. (laughs) Um, And yeah, aren't y'all thrilled? Uh, A lot of us, all of us here on the podcast are in some form or fashion uh, involved in training, whether it be at the agency level or... We travel the country and train dispatchers in person classes, but we're all part of training. And one of the things that I have heard over and over and over is we've got some really motivated dispatchers and even some motivated CTOs. And sometimes the wheels seem to be falling off at the supervisor level. And so I just wanted to talk about maybe some stories that, that you have heard that you feel comfortable sharing or how, if you are a supervisor, what training have you gotten? And what I, what I think is maybe some of our supervisors don't realize or don't understand the impact and the power that they have on their center. So I just want, you know, and, and we've all been in a supervisory role in the past. So give me some insight as to some of the best supervisor training you've gotten and maybe some things that people can do starting the very next shift that that might help with that impact or influence on their on their centers so who wants to go first (laughs) i i will tell you a little funny story when i do cto classes or supervisor classes or things like that in leadership i'm always surprised that i did this one exercise one time at a comm center which shall remain nameless it doesn't really matter where it's at in the world Midwest. And uh, it's, but it was one of these places where, where they were having lots of problems with their trainees not making it. Uh, the management was blaming the trainers and the trainers were saying they don't get any support from the management. So I did a simple exercise right at the very beginning. I said, I want everybody in here. And I had the director all the way down to the CTOs. I said, I want everybody to draw out their title, who you were, what you're responsible for, what you, what you do. And I, for everybody, I want it all to be completed. So you know exactly what you're responsible for. Mm-hmm. probably 20 minutes into this thing, I had so many people going, I thought I was doing that. You do that now? When did that oh. happen? And I'm going, if you all don't know who's in charge, nobody's in charge. And they, and so the director oh, wow. caught me on the break and he, I'm in the, getting the Coke out front and he stands up there and he goes, you know what, Doug, this is a bunch of, and he's like really going off. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? And he goes, I have sent email after email after email to these people saying, this is what your job is. And I said, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of emails and a lot of those I'm kind of like, eh, delete. I don't even read them. <laughs> yeah. I said, so how do you even know they're getting it? Why can't you just tell them this is what we do? And he's like, well, I'm really busy. Well, I said, so are they. The, the whole thing is if you're too busy here, they're too busy there. They're too busy here. Nobody's going to get nothing done. Everybody has right. to have a clear understanding of what the chain of command is and what you're responsible for. Then you can kind of do what your job is. So that That's one always awesome. surprised me when nobody knows what the hell the job is. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> what about you, John? What do you got? I think back in when I started in the supervisory role, 
it was all about, okay, how am I going to fire someone? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, you always yeah. go into that as like, because maybe that's what I've always seen growing up as to what my supervisors have done. And mm-hmm. I've been on eggshells, so I'm just following suit. But what I'd probably the best training was one of the supervisors at my center who retired, um, not resigned, but she did retire. And uh, just learning the ropes from her and then bringing in the agency brought in an outside company specifically for 911 communication supervisor training. And it was just general supervisor concepts and things that, you know, anyone can teach, but it was right. nice that. It was nine one one driven, and someone who was in the in the in the industry was yeah. talking about with those relatable examples, like Doug said. Sure. Right. So right. I think it started there with from that like outside training kind of thing, and we're fortunate that our locality offers um, a training and career development for all age for all county employees. Wow. So um, a lot of that is based on supervisor and leadership training no matter what role or agency you're in with the county. So it's right. just going from there. That's awesome. What about you, Glenna? You're in a unique position because weren't you an interim for a while and then you're <laughs> lying and maybe thinking about supervision as a, as a career step? What do you got? Yes. You know, um, the best thing that I, I learned um, as a dispatcher, as a trainer, um, as a uh, SWAT dispatcher, so like the CNT part, as a instructor, everything was learning about the different learning styles mm-hmm. because it's so much more than just learning to, your learning style to teach you, to train you, and then get you out on your own. Knowing your partner's learning style, you know how they communicate. Knowing subordinates' learning styles, you know how they accept information, they accept feedback, they give feedback, they give information. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, and as a supervisor, I really had to fall back on on that. Mm-hmm. In that, I'm not going to talk to this person this way because they're not going to hear anything I have to say. I need to be direct with this person. I right. need to tell this person exactly what I'm thinking. Whereas this one, I'm going to need to start the conversation with. Okay, we're going to talk about A, B, and C, but I don't want you to get upset. Let me show you this, or let me show you that. You know what I mean? So learning styles, actually, when I, when I put together a class just recently for a different group of people than I normally teach, I had to go back to how are they going to learn? How are they right. going to accept this information? And I had to right. go have a conversation with a few of them just to remind myself of how they receive information best. And that was the greatest thing. It helps me at home. It helps me at work. It helps me on the phone. It helps me with my partners. It definitely helps me with my trainees, makes right. the whole training program more successful. Yeah. Well, and just because um, I know we all probably have access to that, that learning styles assessment. If, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're interested in that, throw us an email or give us a post on one of our social media platforms and we'll be happy to send that to you. Yes. So it's it's huge. What do you think? I mean, we talked about, John was talking about supervisor training. Mm -hmm. Where do you think we should focus that training and what, because I'm, I'm going to be retiring within the next few months and I had somebody interested, yay. um, Interested in taking over my position. And so she was asking me, you know, how can I prepare for the position? What can I do? And it got me to thinking about this topic is, you know, 
I can show you how to write an evaluation and I can show you how to do the schedule and you know, all of those things. But where do we need to spend the most time with our supervisor training? What, what are those key skill sets that are perishable by the way, but what are those skill sets that a supervisor needs to have when they move into that role and to flourish in that role? Because we don't want you to just, you know, dip your toe in the water and say, oh, I don't like this. And then go back to being <laughs> dispatcher but how can you maintain your level of involvement and enjoyment of that supervisor position you know where do we need to focus our training you know I, I think that I've been very lucky in my career I've had a lot of good mentors that gave me some good good advice and I, I know that when I trained new supervisors and they would come and you know brand new supervisor would be in there and they we'd bring people in the office to talk to them just talk to people and see what's going on and they're always like I hate to talk to people like that just tell them what to do and I'm like you have to kind of talk to people and kind of like get them on your side of here's why we're doing it this way. This is why we do it this way. And I got, a, I got a lot of kudos for talking to people and, and not writing them up every five minutes. Cause that doesn't do anything. Right. But it's like, I can convince them. Why are we doing it this way? Here's what we want. We want you to come along with us on this way. And it took some time to talk to people and get them on your, get them that way, but you could do it after a while. And I know I've had several people that I worked with that were just, they didn't like it at first but then they realized mm. how powerful it is and how you mm -hmm. treat people like people. These are individuals that have, maybe they got personal issues going on at home or wherever, and they're just not willing to tell you at this point, but once they trust you, then they'll tell you, and then you can get them on your side. I think that's such a talent that a lot of people just skip by and go to what John said. When I got promoted to LA, it was nothing but here's how to ride them up. Here's how to catch them doing this. Here's how, and I'm like, that's my job. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Don't do it. So I really yeah, think yeah. we need to spend more time focusing on the human side of this job as opposed mm -hmm. to the other. Yeah, I mm -hmm. agree. The whole thing with supervision is not how to handle a process and manage an event or a phone call. It's leading people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's the, the, the biggest word that comes out is relationship. Mm -hmm. um, it's, and that's what it is. Yeah. It's just yeah. changing that mindset. But to get there, I think we're so usually promote from within and right. it's not, sometimes it's, well, you were a good dispatcher. She'll be a good supervisor. Other times it's a promotional process and it doesn't matter how you were in the prior position. Right. You just did good on this process. Mm -hmm. You came out highly qualified. So now you're, we're all making you an offer kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. so I think some of those processes and that training that you're talking about, Leslie is taught is personnel. It's just talking with mm -hmm. people, communicating it's not over the phone but just going back to those kinds of things so like mm -hmm. okay well how do you cut up on the floor with your dispatch partner there's right. no reason you can't do that as a supervisor too you know i go down to their level i don't want to say their level <laughs> wow right. that's not what i meant we're all at that level john <laughs> yeah well and that's what i like that's my point Glenna. is you know i'm going to bring myself into the level that you know where the roots are yeah right yes. yeah. right where they feel comfortable sure mm -hmm. yep. yeah I think yes. that's perfect. Yeah. Glenna, yeah. go ahead. You had something I saw. I do. And I, and I think that, I think this may be where you're leading, but I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, I have a supervisor at my agency that has recently gone through um, some specialized training and she brought back adaptive leadership. That's mm -hmm. what this sounds like it is. And notice we say the word leadership, not being a boss, because there's a big difference between being a boss right. And being a leader. And I think that we need to teach our, 
our line level people how to be leaders so that we can effectively pick supervision from that. Yeah, and so maybe, um, cause I'm not very well versed in what adaptive leadership is, um, but it sounds to me like this is, this is what we're talking about. You got to bring everybody on board. So Leslie, maybe you can yeah. follow up well, there. And, and I'll get into adaptive leadership here in a second, but I want to go to something that John said, and it was like this light bulb went on because he's mentioning as dispatchers, as call takers, whatever you call yourself, that we are so good with solving a problem that maybe has taken decades to develop in a phone conversation within the first 15 seconds that it's easy. But what we don't train to very often as emergency communication specialists or telecommunicators or whatever is how to have a face-to-face conversation. Mm-hmm. That, and that's a skill set that's lost. Let's, let's just think about where we've been in the last year where face-to-face conversation is happening over a screen. And I've even been to some trainings where I don't even have to have my camera on. Yeah. Oh. And, but I think, John, it's, yes, like you said, you may have been a great dispatcher. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good supervisor. But one of the first things we need to focus on in the supervisory role is teaching people how to connect face-to-face. Yes. And that's, yeah. And one of the things I've had other people who I have trained as a supervisor as so I'm a supervisor and I have trained new supervisors is through observational learning. So if I'm having a crucial conversation with someone, I'll say, come in the office, not only just to be or a private setting, not only just to be a witness or a second, which is mm-hmm. always good. Again, something learned. Right. Um, <laughs> but also, hey, I want you to see the interaction, how I started it, how I kicked it off. What did I do? How did I change? Did you happen to notice john's body language that kind of thing and then you actually talk about it after i mean it's new simulations in a class you know oh, scenarios go with like okay whatever but <laughs> right. you know on the job and it's hard if you're not in that role because dispatchers are not privy to those personnel conversations and that's what they are yeah. um, right so maybe training as a trainer we've talked a lot about that you know ctos are limited supervisors so mm-hmm. some of them should have although not all should have right. that that upbringing, so to speak. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Doug, how did you learn? Because it sounds like your experience when you first started was very much all the negative stuff. So did, did you just learn by doing, or did you, was there somebody who kind of showed you the ropes? Yeah, I I was very, very fortunate. I had some really awesome uh, mentors, a a Lieutenant that I'm still friends with and a captain. It was just awesome. But mm-hmm. here's what's funny. You made a comment a minute ago about your good dispatcher, but maybe not a good supervisor. When I first tried to promote way back, uh, I you had to submit this thing called an SOQ, Statement of Qualifications, came from your supervisor to say you've got the qualification to promote. Mm. So I got this thing back and it said, Doug is an awesome dispatcher. This guy can dispatch like crazy. So good. And I'm like, yeah. So then I <laughs> go take the test and they said, oh, you're not qualified. That state, that's not going to work for you this time. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It says I'm a good dispatcher. They said, exactly. It says you're a good dispatcher. And I'm like, oh, dang, I didn't think about it until they brought me back in and said, you're not ready. You were, you're really cocky or whatever. And they said, as soon as you start to learn this stuff. And so I had somebody take me under the wing and say, look, start treating people like humans, like people have feelings and stuff. And you have to be kind of like that. And she really spun me around to where I really started using that. And it, that's sort of my entire style of how I've supervised. It's just this more yeah. home kind of folksy kind of 
because it works. It just works. It does. Sometimes it's innate. I mean, I have yeah. people, colleagues that they're just, they have the gift to gab, something I do not. But the gap doesn't go off on all these tangents and everything. It, yeah. it just keeps it on track. But my God, they can, they'll be your best friend. I mean, they'll zing you when they need to. Yeah. But, sure. you know, it's okay. It's going to sting a little. But after we're done, we know where we stand kind of thing. Right. There's, right. Sometimes you have that light conversation and you walk out like, I don't know what the hell, what I do next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think okay. with Doug and Leslie, it, it is something you just learn on the job, unfortunately. But, you know, what can you do to prepare? Right. And, and I think you just have to, if you're a new supervisor, find some mentors either that are in your center or maybe, you know, outside the center. Maybe there's a sergeant or a captain or somebody that you can, you know, that you really respect and, and watch them and have them show you the ropes and, and see what to do. Because it is... It's like everything else. None of us were born to be dispatchers, but yet here we are. And it's a job that we absolutely love and we identify with and can't imagine doing anything else. And same thing happens at the supervisor level. You, you've got to practice and you've got to recognize that at that level, you have some responsibilities that mm -hmm. sets the tone for the, the entire room. And one of the things that I, I, you know, I've, I've heard over and over is if, if you permit it, you promote it. So if you're walking into the room in a bad mood, guess what? Now everybody gets to be in a bad mood. If you, you know, say things or do things that are counter to the organization's mission, you've now given everybody permission to do that. And sometimes I think it's that conversation to have, hey, you may not think you have a lot of power, but don't confuse power and authority because those are two different things. Yep. And even the person who was just hired yesterday may have a lot of power in the room. They may not have the authority, but they have a ton of power in the room. Yeah, I think it's to to remember. It is kind of funny because I know that, I, I hate to say this saying because everybody says it and it's so goofy, but it's this pay it forward thing. Mm. Because I felt like, because I felt like I was good at what I did, that I could train a lot of people. And, and my department was sending supervisors down to work with me when I was in San Bernardino and stuff, just to kind of get the what's going on how come that works and this doesn't and it's like i felt like it was my obligation to kind of tell people like you may think this is goofy or you may think it's dumb but it works yeah it's, it's the thing you got to understand that and you can't just order people around like a dictator so right yeah, yeah. i mean well, and and I, unless sorry, you come in sorry go, go ahead. ahead no, no i just want to forget the adaptive leadership thing we'll circle back around so unless you come in as a supervisor, you have to remember that you will be supervising people that you, that were your partners. Mm -hmm. And that is, so if you, you treat your partners like crap, and then as a supervisor, you now are going to have to go back and, and get that trust back with them. And, and that's almost impossible to do. If you've screwed right. over your partners or you're not a very good um, partner as a dispatcher, it doesn't matter if you're a spectacular dispatcher. If you're not a very good partner, then forget about being a, a good supervisor because it doesn't matter how many skills you learn, nobody's going to trust you. So just remember right. that if, if you ever want to promote at an agency. Yeah. And, and I heard all of you say it, trust and relationships. Yep. Those, and those are two skills that you can't read about in a book. Nope. You can't learn in a class. You have to bring it to the table with you. So 
I we're not going to talk about adaptive leadership right now because <laughs> it is a whole section. But Hopefully there's a whole book. There it is. The practice of adaptive leadership. So we'll talk about that at some other juncture. But thank you very much for all of your insight. I hope you found this uh, this episode useful. I think we need to talk more about supervision and and how that works. And we'll maybe we'll get into communication styles and all that other stuff on a future episode. Let us know what you want us to talk about because we speak dispatch. So you should be speaking dispatch as well. Uh, we are heard on anywhere you can find a podcast. We're there. Uh, yeah. Spend some time maybe giving us a review or, you know, giving us a, a high five on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or all those other things. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Jill, and you've been listening to another great episode of We Speak Dispatch, proudly sponsored by our friends at Zybex. 911 emergency, what do you say? What is your emergency?